This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today's episode is Shrimp Cocktail. It was suggested by listener Sarah Atwood. Hi, Sarah. Sarah's a, a good friend of mine and a longtime listener yeah. of the show. I mean, she's she's such a good friend that we used her full name. Yeah, it's true. Usually it's just listener Sarah or whatever. But you know what's awkward about Sarah Atwood? <laughs> Great. Let's let's get, <laughs> let's get right Apparently down to you it. have a problem with her and we're going to get into no, it on this no, episode. No, the thing is, so she's married to oh, a man whose awkward. last name is Black. And... I, like, in my phone, I have her as Sarah Atwood Black. Okay. She hasn't legally changed her name. She still goes by Sarah Atwood. But but they refer to their family by his last name. So I'm very confused. Like, so in my phone, it's like Sarah Atwood Black because I'm trying to cover all the bases. I know exactly what you hear. Just change her name in your phone to Sarah Atwood of the Blacks. Oh, perfect. Oh, gosh. Pretty good, wow, right? that's great. That gives her like a real, uh, it sounds like she has uh, maybe an estate. Exactly. I was just thinking, a rolling estate and a coat of arms. Yes. Like, put her coat of arms as her image so it pops up on your phone well, when she calls. Well, I'll tell you what I think would be on her coat of arms. Shrimp cocktail. Yes. Yes. Brought it back around. Okay. So anyway, Sarah mentioned- So like it would be a coat of arms, like a shield with four quadrants. (laughs) One would be a shrimp. One would be a lemon. One would be like- how, how could you put sauce on a coat of arms? I think it would just be sort of a red, like, texture yes, panel. Rep- oh, I like that. You know, like Rothko-ish, Mark Rothko-ish. Yeah, we need more Rothko-ish coats of arms <laughs> so people can, like, look at your coat of arms and cry. Yeah. Um, or, or, or go deep into the color emotionally. Yeah. What yeah. would be in the fourth quadrant, though? That's the that's always the the most mysterious quadrant because like by <laughs> according to the comedy rule of threes you're out of ideas by the time you get to the fourth quadrant. Oh, um, um, like we haven't done the episode yet, and I don't know much about shrimp cocktail, so we'll finish by the end of this episode. We will have cracked that fourth quadrant. Okay, so Sarah loves shrimp cocktail, but uh, this episode idea also came up recently because uh, so her father lives in like a retirement community. And uh, Sarah and her family went to the holiday retirement community party. 
Okay, that sounds good. apparently at the party, there was like a big bowl of shrimp and cocktail sauce, uh, like on the buffet. And Sarah apparently ate a whole bunch of it. And Sarah felt that this was very typical of like an old people holiday buffet. And what do you think about that? Well, I mean, do you think really like my mind just started wandering to like how much I think I would enjoy living in a retirement community? Because like it would be it'll be kind of like going back to college. I think you're going to like it if you ever get there. Here's what I want out of a retirement community. So, I mean, first of all, like I hear just like casual sex is rampant and that sounds pretty good. Right. Hmm. Um I mean, as long as as long as it's all consensual and you're using protection, right? Have you actually right? heard this? Oh, sure. This was like a thing. I mean, I think this is sort of like a, a, a perennial, like evergreen story that goes around. Like, you know, people in retirement communities are fucking more than you expect, and which which like. Why should you expect oh, that they wouldn't great. be? Oh, that's great. I'm of really course. glad they are. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes it has like a like a, le- a layer of moralism on top, like, you know, but chlamydia rates are skyrocketing. Oh. Um, but, you know, just like wrap it up. YOLO. Right. Okay, so so yes, I do. I mean, I think the, the adjective that comes to mind when I think of shrimp cocktail is suburban. And I don't know if that's fair mm. or not. But I, mm. I guess I also would think of it as like something you, you would have if you were like, uh, an heiress and had like a, a whole floor of a building in Manhattan or something. So I don't know. Hmm. I mean, I think that, and we'll talk more about this, but I think that it definitely makes sense to me that um, one might think of shrimp cocktail as kind of like old people food because of when it was really popular in the States, right? like from the 60s to the 80s. That is gets right okay. to what I, the other thing I was thinking about, which is like by the time we're ready to move into, you know, Shady Acres oh, what, or whatever. What's going to be on our buffets? Well, not, not so much the buffet, but like, you know, the music that we listen to as kids Matthew. will be old people. People music, Matthew, right? do you think that if we move into the same retirement community, oh. we'll have casual sex? <laughs> I mean, that's what the, the, the all the I listeners mean, have been hoping or assuming. We have that orgy with our spouses. <laughs> I mean, Matthew, the, you are so I'm uncomfortable ba- yeah, yeah. right now. I think, I think the only reason we haven't done that already is because like scheduling anything with four people yeah, is, it's hard. is such a pain in the ass. It's tough. Okay. Um, what I was going to, but, but we need to, I need to finish this thought. Okay. okay which, which is like what I want at our, at our retirement community is for like cover bands of the bands of our youth or just the <gasps> bands of our youth, like to, to come around and, and like play, you know, like, like the offspring, like play a show at our, or an offspring cover band. If we can't afford the actual offspring, play a show at our retirement community. Okay. I don't know why the offspring is yeah, the band why that did I thought that come of. Up? Well, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, come out and play. That exactly, and then that would be the song that would kick <laughs> off the orgy. <laughs> and in fact, you don't even need a special song to kick off an orgy if the, you know, if the circumstances are right. It just happens. Okay. That's been my experience. You would know. You would know. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, here's 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 my other thought. I don't feel like if shrimp showed up at a buffet, uninvited at an. <laughs> At a retirement community, I don't know that I'm going to gravitate toward it because I feel like it's not going to be the most tasty shrimp. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. The other thing when I think of shrimp cocktail I mean, no is, judgment, Sarah, but a little bit of judgment. Well, 
it seems like a dish that could be made well, and we're going to try and do that today. But also, I think of like the the frozen shrimp cocktail mm. set that's in the freezer case, like Ooh. at the supermarket. Is there is there one? Oh yeah, there's like a ring of shrimp around the edge, and you just defrost it and serve, and that doesn't like it's cooked and ready to go. Is that ooh. I, I don't like that. I bet I've eaten it, but I don't feel good about it. Okay. The other thing about the retirement community is <laughs> that the guitarist of the offspring is named Noodles, and that's also something that could appear on the buffet, and so there's yes! a, lot of, a lot of synergy there. Yes. Oh, this is great. Okay. Well, Matthew, wait. Let's go down memory lane. Okay. Because what we did instead was we went down future lane. That's true. <laughs> yeah. We should do that more often. I like that because I have no shrimp cocktail memory lane. This was a thing I think I knew existed as a kid, but seemed to combine cold food and ketchup, which were two things that I was terrified of as a child. Okay. Um, I remember loving shrimp cocktail as a kid. Cool. I was, um, like you, I was a picky eater, but picky in like a, a different way in that um, shrimp cocktail really appealed to me because it was quite plain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like a unflavored shrimp and you could like dip a little corner in this flavorful sauce. But don't dip too deep. Don't dip too deep. Anyway, I also think of it, you know, I grew up in a very suburban place, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma in the 80s and 90s. And, and it, there was a lot of shrimp cocktail on menus. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I kind of forgot until I just noticed it on the menu that, that shrimp cocktail can take a form other than a whole bunch of shrimp around the circumference yes, of a platter. I, I had not thought about this until very recently. That it can come recently. in a glass. Yes. So <laughs> Which it, is also something that happened at the orgy. It felt... So ordering shrimp cocktail as a kid felt both like fancy... And also very easy to love. Okay. And yeah, it, it was always served around the rim of a glass or a, a bowl, um, like like one of those sort of, um, yes. uh, it was like a weird like, like stainless a- steel bowl with a foot on it. Like a human foot? <laughs> You don't know what the foot of a bowl is. I do, but you like said the ring around the bottom that with holds a foot it up off on the table. It. it was, which seemed like a weird way to, to express that. <laughs> anyway, what I what I imagined when when there was that pregnant pause there was that you were going to say like one of those punch bowls with the glasses that hang off it, only oh. shrimp hanging off of it. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. So can, can we get down? So before we start cooking our shrimp and making some cocktail sauce, yeah. can I tell you a bit about what shrimp cocktail is Please and where it do. comes from? Okay. I fell down possibly my deepest Wikipedia rabbit hole oh, ever working that, on this episode. Can I just interrupt for just a moment? Yeah. Um, recently, I was I was uh, riding the bus with teenager of the show, Iris, who um, was telling, we were talking about geology, and Iris was telling me about, quote, a super deep borehole, and the thing that immediately popped into my head and was stuck in my head for the rest of the day was a super deep borehole from the Oak Town from, from the song You Can't Touch This. So it sounds like you fell down a, a super deep Wikipedia borehole. I did. That was did. really worth the detour, that was wasn't really it? really worth, that was like one of those jokes that you were waiting on, like waiting to have a use for it and uh, it and didn't work. And that wasn't work. it. <laughs> Great. All right. So, Speaking of holes. Okay. So the name of the dish it is like bound up with the name of the sauce itself. Like I, I th- okay. from what it seems to me, the idea of cocktail sauce is inextricable from like uh, being served with seafood. Okay. Okay. But so, it's it's like not a typical seafoody sauce. I know. Right? I know. Hang on. I'm, okay. I'll do my best to explain this, but I still like I. Not only did I look at Wikipedia, but I also read a number of other articles about shrimp cocktail. Okay. And, and I still can't really understand where this particular sauce came from. 
oh, this is interesting because I did the research for next week's episode and I also ran into a place where the history got really hazy. Yeah. I mean, I think that if I were like a real food historian, I'm sure I could get to the bottom of this real fast, like with microfilm and micro. Right, exactly. But um, you didn't you didn't go into the fish room. I did when not preparing for this episode. OK, anyway, so any type of seafood served with this particular sauce is called like a blank cocktail. So there's oyster cocktail, shrimp cocktail. Those are the most common. Shrimp cocktail okay. also goes by the name of prawn cocktail, as you sure. might imagine. Anyway, the sauce and the, the dish for which it's named is often credited to this British celebrity chef. Oh, Jamie um, Oliver. Who went by the name Fanny Craddock. And it's oh. often credited to her from like the mid 60s. OK, so here's where the Wikipedia rabbit hole opens up. OK, because I was like, who's Fanny Craddock and what? why have I never heard of her? OK, so hold on, Matthew. Okay. Her real name was Phyllis Nan Sortain Petchy. <laughs> and she went by Primrose. <laughs> But so Primrose Petchy. She had both a nickname and, and a, an a pseudonym. Well, yeah. So I still couldn't find that's, where the, that where, seems the odd. where her like uh, you know uh, TV name Fanny Craddock came from. But also like isn't isn't Fanny like an obscene I, word? In, yeah. But I guess I, I so I had that thought, and then I like wait a minute. There are lots of people in America named Dick, and and you right. just have we to just go get with over it. it. Yeah. Anyway, she was born in 1909, she died in 1994, and she was an English restaurant critic, TV cook, and a writer, quote, frequently appearing on television at cookery demonstrations and in print with Major Johnny Craddock, who played the part of a slightly bumbling, hen-pecked husband. Interesting. Now, I could never figure out, like, I don't think she was actually married. That's what exactly to, what I was going like, to ask. I could not figure it out. Apparently, like then Johnny Craddock, I can't remember whether he died or was disgraced. It's the same <laughs> anyway. But then, like you somebody he, else, he got Johnny Major somebody, Craddock got canceled. Somebody else came along and like replaced him on the TV appearances or something. Okay, but anyway, you know what it made me think of? It made me think a little bit of Ina Garten and Jeffrey. Oh, sure. I mean, I wouldn't call him like a slightly bumbling hen pecked husband but i also would call him that okay i don't know if i've ever actually seen a whole episode of that show but i i get the basic gist i think i haven't watched it in a long time and certainly i mean i know garten is a lovely person i don't mean to pick on her i've heard oh, really yeah, yeah. only good things about her but inevitably whenever i would see an episode of the show where jeffrey her husband would appear it's like he would come home from work and he would come into the kitchen and he would just be delighted by whatever she was doing and then would help her carry the dishes to the table or to the beach for the picnic. You're, but you're, so he you're was describing sort of this in a way that sounds slightly derogatory, well, but no, I'm not I mean, sure he why. Just, he just would sort of like swoop in okay. and was just very amenable. I wouldn't call that henpecked. Okay. Though. But I thought you were going to say it reminded you of, of uh, the show Valerie and how it turned into the Hogan family. After she was fired from the show and killed okay. off. Anyway, when you go to the Wikipedia entry for British celebrity chef Fanny Craddock, you will find that there is a section there called Downfall. <gasps> Do you know how in like every Wikipedia entry there's like personal <gasps> uh-huh. life, like uh, Death, bibliography, right. whatever. No, no. There's a section called Downfall. Oh, my God. And I'm going to read to you verbatim from the Downfall section. And it's a bit long. I, I 
I will if if this is if this is an hour long, I want to hear about the downfall of Fanny and Major Johnny Craddock. Okay, get ready. Or just Fanny. So I this guess. is all a quote from Wikipedia. In 1976, Gwen Troke, a housewife living in Devon, won the Cook of the Realm competition. The Cook of the Realm? Mm-hmm. Speaking of fucking coats of arms, I right? Know. Leading to the BBC selecting her to organize a banquet to be attended by Edward Heath, Earl Mountbatten <laughs> of Burma, and other notables. You just said so many British things <laughs> I at know. once. In my American accent, too. I, okay, I feel like we now live in a castle somehow. The BBC filmed the results, the, the banquet, as a part of a series called The Big Time and asked Fanny Craddock, by then a tax exile in Ireland, nice, of course, as one of a number of experts who would advise Troke on the menu. Okay. okay. And Troke was the winner of the, of the cooking contest. Right. The okay. housewife living in Devon who won a cooking contest and was selected by the BBC to organize a banquet to be attended by all of these notables. That doesn't sound like a reward. That sounds like punishment. <laughs> right? And now you get to organize a banquet uh-huh. with a bunch of rich and famous people at oh, it. Oh, yes. No, I, I have a story I'm not going to tell either. So okay. there. Great. All right. So then Fanny Craddock who was in tax exile in uh, yeah. Ireland, was brought in by the BBC She to, was lured back and arrested immediately. Troke on the menu, okay? okay? The result brought the end of Fanny Craddock's television career. <laughs> Troke went through her menu of seafood cocktail, duckling with bramble sauce, and oh coffee God. cream the dessert. The seafood cocktail appears in I the know, downfall? Matthew. Now you know why this rabbit hole was so deep. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. So Troke had made up this menu, seafood cocktail, duckling with bramble sauce, and coffee cream dessert. Please, okay. please don't ask about the bramble sauce. Just wait a minute. Please. <laughs> All right. Craddock grimacing and acting as if on the verge of retching claimed not to know what a bramble was told uh, Troke. I mean, okay. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Let's be fair. Nobody knows what bramble sauce is. Okay, just a minute. Told Troke that her menu was too rich and though accepting that the dessert was delicious, insisted that it was not suitable. Quote, you're among professionals now, dear, she declared. She scorned Troke's use of an ingredient for being, quote, too English and insisted that the English have never had their own cuisine and erroneously claimed that, quote, even the good old Yorkshire pudding comes from Burgundy. (laughs) I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. I've never been happier to be on this show. Okay. Fanny suggested that Troke use a small pastry boat filled with fruit sorbet and covered with spun sugar, decorated with an orange slice and a cocktail stick through a cherry to give the dish the look of a small boat. Suitable, Fanny thought, for the naval guests. That is a very helpful suggestion. (laughs) I'm not done. In the event, the dessert was a disaster and could not be served properly. Uh, They don't elaborate on this. Well, I mean... I'm not done. If we tried to make that dessert, do you think it would come out? I, I, no. Do you think? Do you think the spun sugar was the disaster, or like I, do you think the, the, like the sorbet was melting, or 
I think any number of things. I, I'm sure the spun sugar didn't work out because that was a terrible idea. Okay. Robert Morley, I don't know, I don't know who that is, had also been consulted on the menu and said he felt that Troke's original coffee pudding was perfect. I mean, that sounds great, right? When the dessert failed to impress, the public was annoyed that Fanny Craddock had seemingly ruined Troke's special day. The Daily Telegraph wrote, quote, not since 1940 can the people of England have risen in such <laughs> unified wrath. Not since 1940. <laughs> End quote. Fanny wrote a letter of apology to Troke, but the BBC terminated her contract two weeks after the broadcast of the program. She would never again present a cookery program for the BBC. Oh. Troke, by contrast, published a country cookbook the following year. Speaking about the incident on Room 101 in 1999, the Big Times presenter Esther Ranson described Craddock as, quote, hell on wheels, and that she had, quote, reduced this poor little lady, meaning Troke, to nothing. That, that's that one was of the, the best. downfall of I've Fanny I've never Craddock. heard of any of these people, right? and yet that was one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. And <laughs> I think I want to invite, I, 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 I know you said Fanny is dead, is dead. Um, <laughs> which <laughs> that's, that's what it says on my apron also. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why, but I want, like, I want her to come to the orgy at the at the retirement home and like like spank people and criticize their desserts, but like everybody's really getting off on it. Oh, I, I feel like she okay. came out of this. Like, do I'm kind of, I kind of into her after dom? this story. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's definitely trying to be dominant. Okay. Anyway, but hold on. Okay, so you know, after basically, I, I found a bunch of places that said Fanny Craddock was the source of like uh, the origin of seafood cocktail okay but another woman named constance spry you're wait a minute i'm not oh, making wait, wait, this wait. up if i find out that you made up everything that we've talked not, about so far i'm not a fiction writer I i'm could gonna not be have more impressed with, with you than i've ever been in my life constance spry. just tell me you made it up published a seafood cocktail recipe using Dublin Bay prawns in 1956. So that predates the 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 you know mid 60s origin that is attributed to Fanny. I feel like you're asking me to keep track of a whole timeline. Now, here. get ready cuz the timeline gets more complicated. Oh, no. So then Wikipedia goes on in the next paragraph. I, you would think that nobody edits Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would think that everybody edits Wikipedia. All right. Uh, Wikipedia goes on in the next paragraph to say that seafood cocktails originate in the 19th century in the United States. And another page of Wikipedia says that serving seafood with a piquant sauce is ancient in origin. Ancient. I know. So, okay, wait a minute. Hold on, wait a minute. And then in the, the book, The Prawn Cocktail Years, which was published in 1997, <laughs> Simon Hopkinson and Lindsay Barham note that the prawn cocktail has, quote, a direct lineage to Escoffier. Okay, well, wait a minute. This is a mystery. It's the mystery of our times. I, it is the mystery of our time. I just realized something. So, so Fanny Fanny Crocker was that her name? Fanny Craddock. Fanny Craddock. She she was on TV like criticizing people's desserts and like calling them names and stuff in mm -hmm. front of the whole nation, and was like roundly, you know, she was like driven out of public life for this and sent back to tax exile in Ireland. <laughs> And then, like, just a few years later, like, Gordon Ramsay comes on and does exactly the same thing, and everyone loves him. Why the double standard, England? Times change? Yeah. Or 
institutionalized misogyny. Yeah, the patriarchy. I'm going to I'm going to like graft that narrative onto this possibly made up story that I don't know anything about. No, I think that that is a that's a narrative that actually is grafted quite, onto everything. Yeah, yeah, it's actually quite quite a plausible explanation. Yeah, I think so. All right. So anyway, what? However, you trace the origins of seafood cocktail, uh, seafood with spiced cold sauces. As, as bad as that sounds spiced cold sauces were a well-established part of like the 20th century food repertoire okay basically anyway um so yeah prawn cocktail or shrimp cocktail was a, the most popular hors d'oeuvre in the uk and the u.s from the late 60s to the late 80s measured how like know, are there nielsen I, ratings for hors d'oeuvres this, i wonder how this was measured <laughs> like i imagine like like a guy with a clipboard would be seen at your <laughs> cocktail party just like writing notes and like you know that's the guy from the nielsen ratings he's just like measuring hors d'oeuvre popularity <laughs> popularity yeah, yeah. Uh, according to Nigel Slater, prawn cocktail has spent most of its life seesawing from the height of fashion to the laughably passe. Yeah, that seems right. Uh, it's now often served with a degree of irony. And God, ironic food makes me so tired. What other things are served with a degree of irony these days? I, I will try and answer that question, but I just realized, wait a minute. Did you look on YouTube to see... If the Fanny Craddock Downfall episode is available to watch? I didn't. It would be an episode of The Big Time. I th- Okay, during the break, we're going to make... It was gonna, from 1976. Make, but people... I, I don't mean was it uploaded to YouTube at the time. I mean, yeah. like, there's all kinds of shit that people... Like, old movies and stuff that people put on YouTube, right? Here's what's confusing to me. I mean, I, I don't really understand if... Fanny Craddock was actually on the show. It seems like she must have been. She must have. Uh, yeah. Like, okay. It would be hard to hate someone who didn't appear on the show, right. I think. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Anyway, um, can I tell you something else that maybe can, this will this make point, sense At this point, you can you. tell me anything, and whether it's true or not, I'm going to be delighted. So before the 1992 British general election, the Labour Party was campaigning to win the support of business leaders by like insisting that they that the Labour Party was not going to interfere with the market economy. I think this is basically like sort of like Joe Biden being like, hey, rich people, don't worry, nothing's going to change. Well, I mean, right? like during the 92 election in the U.S., like the, the Democratic leadership co- conference committee was doing exactly the same thing. OK. Anyway, the campaign. I remembered a real historical fact. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. <laughs> the campaign was lampooned as the prawn cocktail offensive. How I mean, do you read that? I I think I think like they're using prawn ca- cocktail like in the sense of like caviar. Yeah, like, you like know, we it, won't like, take away your your prawn cocktails and your caviar. Yeah, vote for us. Okay, yeah. Anyway, I think that's I think that's pretty much the end of all the exciting history of um, shrimp cocktail. So I wonder if actually what we should do now is go into making it. I and, think we and should then we'll talk more about it when we actually eat it. Okay, but before we even make anything, you like you, Ina can start cooking, and I, Jeffrey, am gonna <laughs> scour YouTube for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like videos of, of Fanny Craddock spanking people no, on the BBC. No, I want BBC. you to start cooking and I'm going to be Jeffrey. <laughs> Fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen, 
Uh, they've got – you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it. No charge. Uh-huh. So like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet – Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in Alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have, like, a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, so, like, a whole closet system where I can really, like, unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then, and this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Ever been to Delaware? If not, now's the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi. So you're excited and nervous. Excited and nervous because of the uh, upcoming retirement orgy. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, man. You know, like whatever happens, happens. happens. It's true. There are many different ways to have sex. That's true. I don't know if you've learned that yet. I know of like one and a half myself, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm looking forward to expanding my repertoire. Wait, just one and a half by yourself, you mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. There, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The right hand and then the left hand that's not very effective. (laughs) Okay. okay. All right. Uh, needless to say, this episode should definitely be marked not, <laughs> not safe, safe for, for June. June. Yep. All right. So, Matthew, wait, let's let's go ahead and eat this, and then we're going to talk. Oh, by the way, we need to mention, we did find the video, and we'll post a link in the show notes to the video of Fanny Craddock castigating um, Gwen Troke. It's the, the best amazing. part about it is that it has, like, closed captioning, and the closed captioning is totally it's wrong. Completely wrong in a <laughs> delightful way. Okay, hang on. I'm double dipping. I'm single dipping. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Hold on. Matthew and I are just going to talk amongst ourselves for a minute. You, you can just wait. Okay. So, so wait till you taste this one. Can I double dip? Yeah, double dip. I just double dipped. Okay. So, the, yeah, the homemade one is good and the store-bought sauce is bad. I mean... I think I've eaten a lot of the store-bought sauce in yeah, my life. I think I think it would be not bad if, like, it was a thing that I had grown up with, but it just seems kind of like weird ketchup to me. Yeah. But the homemade one is it's got zem like it's zesty from it's zesty from zest and lemon <laughs> juice and horseradish really the horseradish really makes it for me I think. I am into it, man. I don't love it cuz it's just not the kind of sauce that I love, but I there are things about it I can appreciate. Mm. Oh man, I am down to cocktail. Okay. Oh, love this. Okay. All right, let's discuss. So, in the US and Canada, cocktail sauce usually consists of like at a minimum Ketchup or chili sauce, more to come on that, Mm -hmm. mixed with prepared horseradish, okay? And then common additions to that are lemon juice, Worcestershire sauce, and Tabasco. The the use of the term prepared in prepared horseradish, is there anything else you buy that is described as prepared such and such? Mm. I mean, there probably is, but (laughs) I guess what I'm trying to say is, can anyone really prepare for horseradish? No. Okay. Okay. So, hold on. Now- 
researching this was the first time I'd ever heard of chili sauce, specifically Heinz chili sauce. And even yesterday when I went to the store to look for it, I could not figure out where it was going to be. So <clears throat> when I followed the Wikipedia entry for chili sauce, it told it, you to go to aisle seven. It talks about like hot sauce, right? But then it also has like a line about Heinz chili sauce, which apparently is a tomato based prepared sauce uh-huh. <laughs> with some chilies in it. And if you look at the ingredients, it's literally the same ingredients as ketchup. It's, like It smells more like cocktail. So I sniffed the bottle. It smells more like cocktail sauce than it does like ketchup. But I have to say, it's, it's got that very um, tomato sweetness that ketchup does. Yeah. I still don't, like, what, what does one use chili sauce for other than, like, shrimp cocktail? I don't know the answer. I do get the sense that there was a time in maybe the early history of the Heinz Corporation when they were like, well, we're pretty good at this ketchup thing. Let's make a bunch of other sauces that are pretty much the same as ketchup, but with one little bit of the flavor tweaked slightly, like Heinz 57 sauce and Heinz chili sauce and probably others. I'm I'm sure you can buy Heinz cocktail sauce. I did see a bottle of mayo chup, (laughs) which we've discussed Mm -hmm. in ads before. Um, Anyway, okay, hold on now. Matthew. This is, gonna, this is going to blow your mind. I, I kind of so, doubt it after what we've been through already on this episode, but try me. So the common form of cocktail sauce, you know, what goes by the name cocktail sauce in the UK, Iceland, France, Italy, basically on the continent, shall we say. Okay. Iceland, not on the continent. Is this, is this big in Iceland? Is there a reason that, you mentioned Iceland? Iceland was mentioned in Wikipedia. Okay. Okay. The gist that I got is that the thing that is called cocktail sauce outside of North America consists of mayo mixed with a tomato sauce. Mayo chub. Mayo chub, basically. It's about the same shade of pink as like prawns. I saw some pictures of it online. Um, Apparently it's, you know, similar to Thousand Island dressing. And uh, the usual British name for it is Marie or or Mary Rose Sauce. Marie oh, Rose I think sauce. I've heard that. And apparently it was like so ubiquitous in the 60s and 70s that it was sort of like the punchline of a joke. Like a dirty joke? I don't know. Wait, do you know what the joke is? I don't know, but I don't know. <laughs> Did it have a downfall? Did Mary Rose <laughs> Sauce have a downfall? I don't think so. So I, I want to talk a little bit about... Um, about where maybe the the name cocktail came from? Okay, yeah, like, I, mean, I was curious about that. Obviously, it's served usually as an hors d'oeuvre, so you might drink a cocktail with it or have it at like cocktail time. Yes, which which occurs at my house every day. At- this is sort of like teleological, like, uh, not teleological. No, what tautological? Oh, like which came first, cocktail? Cocktail hour, oh. or like cocktails, or cocktail sauce. Is that what tautological means? No, it's circular. Yeah. That's not right. What does teleological mean? Because that is a word, but I don't like, know what it means. Like, uh, I think like moving toward an end or like okay. the teleology of something. I don't know. I used it in Bananagrams recently, but I've kind of <laughs> forgotten what it means. You have been trying to, ever since you played that word in Bananagrams, you've been <laughs> looking for the moment to brag Hold about a big word you played in Bananagrams, and you just found that moment. <laughs> Teleology or finality is a reason or explanation for something as a function of its end or purpose or goal. Okay. So So does this could we somehow relate this to like the final joke on on a spilled milk episode? Like like the te- <laughs> I don't know. The uh, I feel like I would need to go back to college for I feel a couple like it's years. Like explaining something in terms of its 
purpose or its goal. Okay. So I like think spilled, it shows up a lot milk. in talking about like evolution. Spilled milk is a show that is about generating <laughs> material to try and cobble together into a final one-liner. That's a teleological explanation of spilled milk. Um, let's, I feel like let's I should get up, at least like a couple of credits for this. No, I know oh, what a tautology is. The it's, saying it's, of the same thing twice in different words. Right, a phrase or expression in which the same thing is said twice in different a statement that's true by necessity or by virtue of its logical form. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what I said was not a tautology. No, but no. <laughs> but we used all. I think I think what what you did was like te- speaking teleologically. <laughs> like what you've done is set yourself up for some great future bananagram play. Great. Okay. <clears throat> and okay. Anyway, so what I was going to say is that uh, it, it, like a telescope. Because that's looking at like the end of never mind. Okay, <laughs> probably not. Related. I wonder if you look through a telescope if you can see the end of the universe, like the time end of the universe, I like, mean, like like when it all ends. I mean, like first you'd have to like point the telescope somewhere other than your neighbor's window. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> some sources link the serving of shrimp cocktail in like cocktail glasses mm-hmm. to the ban on alcoholic drinks during prohibition. I guess no. they were so hard up for. I know this doesn't seem logical. You just, like it, it, you're like, oh look, this this cocktail sauce is so much like my my whiskey. I, I thought you meant more where that it was like we've got all these glasses that are gathering dust. Oh. Got to put something in them. Yeah, I don't know that this. The only part of this episode nobody the, should try to research, explain anything. Okay, <laughs> right. Anyway, so okay. Recently, I went out for, and by recently I mean like last Thursday. <laughs> I went out for thank you a shrimp cocktail with listener Sarah Atwood. Oh, okay, because she's also my friend at Taylor Shellfish here in yes. Seattle, where they make their own cocktail sauce. I have to say, um, we'll talk a little bit in just a second about this one that we made, but theirs was very, uh, very spicy, mm-hmm. more horseradder, horseradder-y, <laughs> horseradishy than the one we made. But here's Ms. what was interesting. Mrs. Craddock is down at the horseradery. <laughs> anyway, what I realized She's is in that exile. it had been so long since I had like ordered or eaten shrimp cocktail that it felt very disorienting to me <laughs> When the shrimp came out on like a bed of ice, like oysters on the half shell do, which is so logical, right? I mean, of course you would serve cold shrimp that way. It would make a lot of sense. And you asked me to get a bag of ice for this episode and I did not. That's correct. So we have shrimp, cold shrimp on a plate. Anyway, I'm just so accustomed to like the dumb, fancy presentation that it, it seemed so strange to me to have it served in like a logical way that we serve cold seafood. Yeah. Wasn't that a good story? It was a good story. Which is the song that has the, where they keep saying hot sex on a platter? Oh, I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, um, so, okay, let's let's get down to talking about actually eating this stuff. So okay. We've today, been eating it. There's been a lot of chewing. Today, we made a Bon Appetit recipe that Bon Appetit calls its best shrimp cocktail. And it, I, it was, it's good, and it was very easy. Yeah, it has you blanch the, the shrimp in, like, a brine, right? Like a salt and sugar bath. Yeah, I would say maybe poach rather than blanch. Oh, that's true, because it was in there for, like, three minutes. But, but blanch, blanch, blanch prawn cocktail was never mind (laughs) anyway so um it was delicious we'll link to the recipe um so that particular recipe i think made the shrimp taste really good i mean it could also be that our shrimp are really fresh or like just bought these this morning recently defrosted 
Well, yes, yes. But yes, I Um, I stopped at Awajamaya this morning and before recording this episode and bought some shrimp. There cool. were, you, you would think there would be more to this story, but there is not. Okay. Well, so in the head note to that Bon Appetit recipe, they say, as though this were just a given, that shrimp cocktail is all about the shrimp. Hmm. But I feel like shrimp cocktail often, or at least historically, showed up on the menu in like menus and places where you just knew the shrimp was not going to be the best. Right. You know, so then I, I was in my continuing to look around. Then I found that Nigel Slater, when he's written about shrimp cocktails, says that it's all about the sauce. Matthew, mm. what is it all about for mm. you? I mean, for me, it's all about the shrimp because I don't really like the sauce that much. Mm. So I think as a dish, though, it seems like more about the sauce to me. Yeah, because when I put the amount of sauce on here that I like. I kind of don't taste the shrimp. I think if I were going to make something that was all about the shrimp, I would do shrimp with like butter, garlic, mm. and white wine. I would do like a, yeah, like a shrimp scampi type yeah. thing. Anyway, what size shrimp do you like when you're just eating it like this? I'm so glad you asked. So I think this is probably my favorite size, which is 2630. Okay. And that means each shrimp is 26 to 30 inches long. <laughs> Um, no, what it really means is they're, they're 26 to 30 shrimp per pound. Yes. Um, the next size up from that is 21, 25, which is also a very good all around, mm-hmm. like fairly large shrimp size. After like below that, it starts to feel sort of like too much for me. Yes. Um, I remember once going to Costco here in Seattle with my friend Ben and they were having like a deal on jumbo, like tiger prawns. Mm-hmm. And Ben is a real man who loves deals. <laughs> and he also loves oh, to I cook. I think he's a real man who just loves a big, juicy <laughs> big shrimp. shrimp. Now, Ben loves a deal. Loves to go to a shrimp house, order a 72-ounce porter, porterhouse shrimp. Ben loves a deal, and he loves to cook. So, you know, like, in addition to buying, like, toilet paper and paper towels and whatever, he also bought, like, a pound of these shrimp that were basically, like, lobsters. Okay. And... We brought them home and he poached them or something like that and made us lunch. And they were so big, I was completely repulsed by them and could only manage to eat like one and a half of them Mm -hmm. because I really felt like I was eating. There's something about large shrimp or prawns that is really challenging for me. They get like really muscular somehow. Yeah, I know what you mean. But also like to me, the little tiny ones are much more challenging. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the little, the little, like it's some guys it's called shrimp meat. It's not something I, I, I have a lot of difficulty with that. What about like, uh, like I remember my host mother used to sometimes serve these tiny, tiny shrimp. I think they might be called like brown shrimp in the UK. She served some some sort of tiny shrimp where you like, I can't even remember if we peeled them. But anyway, I was totally not bothered by it. Yeah, I don't know. For me, big shrimp are way harder than the idea of smaller shrimp. Well, I mean, I think this is why we get along so well, because you're afraid of the big shrimp and I'm afraid of the small shrimp and we can trade. Okay. Anyway, I agree. Um, I think 2630 is really ideal. Um, Yeah. And I I don't understand what the draw is with big shrimp. Right. The other thing is the bigger they get, the more expensive they get per pound and they're not they don't taste better. Also, the bigger they're like um, poop tracts are. Exactly. Did you, de- you didn't devein these, right? I, I like 
did a couple, and I was like, it probably doesn't matter. They and look very clean. Yeah, they look. They've seen pretty clean. Anyway, Bon Appetit recommends sixteen twenty shrimp, which uh, that's really it's big. Big. I don't want that. That means like each shrimp is like an ounce. Well, and then conversely, I was reading on a website called Etiquette Scholar. <laughs> 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 that, um, so they had a section called Table Manners for Eating Shrimp Cocktail. Oh, great. In case you wondered. And here's what they say. The shrimp in a shrimp cocktail should be served peeled and are usually small enough to be eaten in one bite. That is blatantly not what shrimp cocktail no, usually is. No, it's not. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we talked about this. Um, Me too. What, did you learn any other good etiquette tips? They say that you should serve it with an oyster fork. I was I was just going to ask any small if there's like a special fork. Will do. fork. Uh, if the shrimp are bigger than one bite's worth, just spear each shrimp with your fork and cut it on the plate on which it's served. I don't think so. I mean, Nobody this does is that. the quintessential finger food. I don't think I've ever seen anybody balk about like shrimp cocktail, um, like biting it in two. No, there's but no reason to tricky. balk about. It is tricky if you're, say, at the retirement community holiday party. Right. I mean, oh, I guess then what you're doing is you're taking, planning the holiday party. Yet. You're taking some shrimp and you're probably taking a spoonful of the cocktail sauce and okay, putting both putting on, on your yep. plate, right? So that there's no double dipping question. Because it's all because you are in full control of this small reservoir of sauce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No, you're not going to stand at the buffet and take a like a bite of your shrimp and then dip it back in the big old bowl of sauce. Okay, so that's but just if, not done. You like, will get booted out of the orgy. If I like looked at you, like like gazed directly into your eyes and like reached across <laughs> and dipped my shrimp into your sauce, like would you catch oh, like the vibes God, I was Matthew, putting out there? I feel a tingling. <laughs> I think this is this is how most most like propositions are made at the at the Can retirement. Can I dip my shrimp in your cocktail sauce? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, okay. Lastly, Matthew, if you were having this as hors d'oeuvres, okay, what would you want to drink with it? I would want to drink. I don't know. Like I'm not. Like the the older I get, I think the less I care about drink pairings. First of all, yeah. I think like a like a pilsner mm. or. Mm-hmm. Or like, I mean, maybe a very dry white wine. Mm-hmm. Great. I think that I would drink either of those. I think that there will be some listeners among us who say that the thing to drink with a shrimp cocktail is like a cold martini. I can I could be persuaded like, there. I, I, I think I can get that like the the vodka flavor with the horseradish, the the seafood, or the like tomato. a vodka martini. Or I suppose gin. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought of vodka. I think gin would actually be better. But I mean, realistically, what I would drink with this is my favorite beverage, which is cold water. Really? Yes. That's definitely oh my, my favorite beverage. I'm a very exciting person. You are a... Wow. I cannot wait to hang out with you in, in retirement. The retirement. Can you, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, like I under-promise and over-deliver because, like, like you know, uh, Matthew's, like, not... He's not so into condiments, which seems like maybe he's very unadventurous. His favorite drink is cold water. But then, like, once the, once the orgy starts... <laughs> You're going to bring out your one and a half types of sex <laughs> and blow my mind. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Uh, you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com, a website that's pretty much broken and non-functional at this point. Well, I mean, it works. It just doesn't have anything out there. about our website. It was never that great to it start with, yeah, but, it, but it, it, it did at least work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it still sort of works. There's just nothing there anymore. But yeah. you can find us on on like Stitcher and like like see our show notes there. Like it's in your podcast player. If we say we're going to link to something, you know, pull up the show description on your phone and it'll be right there. Anyway, do do check out this Bon Appetit recipe 
recipe for a shrimp cocktail, which I endorse. Yeah, we'll we'll link to that. Facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast. Like what is the what is the seafood cocktail situation like where you are? If you're in Iceland, I definitely want to hear from you. <laughs> okay. Like, but is it a pink sauce? Is it a red sauce? Is there no sauce? Do you have any like jokes about Marie Rose sauce? Yeah. Or right. Mary Rose That's sauce. right. We need to, the first thing we're going to do after this episode is Google. We're going to watch the rest of that video with Fanny Craddock. Then we're going to Google Marie Rose sauce joke. Okay. We're going to turn off safe search. I think that we should also give thanks for our producer, Abby Circatella. Yep. This who... being th- our Thanksgiving episode and all. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually it's Icelandic Thanksgiving is this week. I think that Abby may have quit by the time <laughs> she's done editing this show. She's going to be like, you guys have crossed a line. I'm not moving into the retirement community with you. Oh. I'm taking back. Well, I mean, taking to be back fair, my deposit. Like considering considering like the the age gap between us and producer Abby, like we will we will have That's expired true. before she moves into the retirement That's community. True. So That's true. so okay. no worries there. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Thank you for listening, to Spilled Milk. Um, that was that was one. Stay tuned for the half. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg, and I'm Matthew Amsterburton. Actually, I'm not going to tell this story. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it after <laughs> the show. <laughs> okay. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.